The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to P.I.'s Declassified. I am honored to have my guest from Panama from City, Panama City, Panama, Brett Mickelson. You know, private investigators are often called upon when there's a, an unexplained disappearance, particularly when law enforcement doesn't have the resources. That's what Brett is here to talk about today. But first, let's find out a little bit more about Brett. So, Brett, I was looking over your resume, and you have an amazing amount of experience with the military. Uh, that is correct. I, um, I served as a U.S. Uh, Army interrogator uh, for the entire tour. Uh, of course, quite a while ago. But um, <laughs> when, when you're in, when you're not in war, um, they send you to do so many other things. Uh, intelligence is very, very vague at that point. So uh, I had the opportunity to travel throughout Central South America doing a lot of fun stuff. And now, but aren't you from Minnesota originally? I'm from Wisconsin, actually, and I have a lot of people like to say Minnesota. I, I don't get. <laughs> I'm actually from Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Northern Wisconsin, and and I'm so glad to be where I'm at right now. Yesterday, it snowed in my hometown seven inches. I know. We've been watching it too. So, did you go in the U- into the U.S. Army from Wisconsin? Uh, that is correct. I um I did um my basic training in Fort Leonard Wood. Uh, I then. D- uh, departed for California. I was in uh, Monterey, California's D- Defense Language Institute. Mm-hmm. I'm I familiar with that. Studied, yep. I first studied uh, Arabic for a spell. They asked for volunteers for Spanish, and I was so happy to <laughs> get that load off my shoulder. I mean, at that time, we weren't really having any conflicts in uh, in the Middle East, uh, of course, like we are now, what we had. But... Um, Everybody was looking for looking at Latin America with all the civil wars and whatnot that were going down here. So, and so you must have become quite proficient with Spanish if you, if you were doing interrogations in Spanish. Right. Um, we now I've been here for about twenty four years now, hmm. and, and you know in that amount of time I've uh, been married twice, uh, have three kids, all born down here. Wow. Everybody in my office speaks Spanish, so yeah, it's 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 gotten to be a proficiency. And how often do you get back to the states? Uh, I try to get back about two or three times a year. Yeah. Uh, usually there's a conference or, or something. I'll actually be in uh, your neck of the woods, San Francisco, here at, the, at one of the conferences that are coming up. And, that must be uh, the Council of International Investigators Conference. That is correct. In yes, September, yeah. Yep. 
and uh, so I'll be there at the beginning of September. Um, I, I like to get up, of course, to visit family, go up to Chicago, go up to North. So, yeah, I get up there a couple of times a year. Well, that's great. So when you were in the military, you were in a, you were not, you were in intelligence, you were an interrogator. What other kinds of things were you doing? We did, um, support for CID, which is, um, the Army's, uh, criminal investigations, uh, division, I believe. And, um, pretty much they needed people to act the role of a military guy who's buying drugs or whatever and, um, fluent in, in Spanish. And so we assisted them with undercover operations. Hmm. Um, of course, coming down here, uh, the main purpose of coming down was um, right at the Panama invasion. I, I came down uh, a couple months right after it and worked with what we called pretty much a cleanup. Um, we worked in um, safe houses, allowing informants to come in to tell us what they knew about weapons that were uh, that were missing and they knew were, they were hidden. Or if there's still people that we're looking for, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stragglers. Oriego um, wasn't actually the only person that they're looking for. So, and was uh, that was that the debr- the debriefing part? Well, the the yeah after Noriega was picked up, um, really there were there were several other people, cronies of of Noriega, or um, just people of interest that they were concerned were on the loose and and, and needed to be picked up and interviewed and and or just simply question for whatever, um, and we were out looking for sources that had information that could that could tell us more about their location. Hmm. And so ha- then how did you transition from that into private investigation? You know, sometimes necessity is, <laughs> is um, everything that pushes us towards one thing or another. I, I ended up doing a local discharge. Um, it was very uncommon, but um, I had already had a daughter, and my wife was here. Um, and I, I started working with some insurance companies that, that just needed help, and I, I didn't even identify it at first as being private investigation. Uh, there is no regulation here in Panama. There hasn't been. They, they, we've been trying to work to get it regulated, but it, it hasn't uh, panned out. Um, and it really wasn't until I had a, a law firm call me saying that they needed to find a guy, no, they needed to find a woman who was with some guy up in Toronto. They're originally from Peru, and their family's background was Japan. So it was just... Oh, wow. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. That, but, you know, who couldn't do that, right? Right. And, and then he asked me the question, he goes, so how long have you been a private investigator? For? And I, that's when I stepped back and I said, you know, I, I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing. So I started researching it. Um, I met uh, a, a really great investigator known to, to many, uh, Buddy Bombette. Mm-hmm. His wife is from Panama. And Buddy was the one who actually helped to kickstart me into doing international investigations. Um, and even though there is no regulation in Panama, he was also the one to, to show me um, the importance of following code of ethics, uh, following the, the, uh, the different uh, PI associations, and, and becoming involved with... Um, uh, with, with getting everybody else on board as well down here. So. That's a great testimony for Betty. He's a good guy. No, great guy. Yep, absolutely. So that was how many years ago? Holy smokes. Well, that would be, um, <laughs> I, uh, I left the service in 1994. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it would have still been in 1994 or at the latest, 1995. I believe I joined, well, I joined 
Global Investigators Network was the first one. Um, that was run by James Brewer. Uh, that eventually was uh, disbanded, per se, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. After, after a short spell. Um, but many of the many of the crew that was there, Nancy Barber, um, uh, right. Gil Zimmerman, right. Gil isn't in the in the works as much. Uh, Seth Derrish, uh, several others. They um, convinced me to join CII, and then uh, some other great people in WADI. I, they, they convinced me to get in with them too, and, and I'm very glad that I've done both. Yeah, and CII is what we mentioned: Council of International Investigators. WD, WAD is the World Association of Detectives. Both very good organizations. Okay, so that brings us, um, Brett, to the case that we wanted to talk about today. Sure. The missing person of Bob Elert. That is correct. Yeah. Um, that, um, that case, and there's actually a few other cases that we're working on as well. Um, the Bob Elert case is just about as sad as all the other cases. Um, when we were brought in, um, it was actually through another colleague. Uh, he's actually an investigative journalist by the name of Don Winter. Uh, Don Winter's been a friend of mine. We were in special operations together, and he told me, he said, you know, I've been, I've been meeting with his family. They've been in contact with me, and they really need somebody to help out. So we got in touch with the family, and immediately I knew that there was, there was more of, a, of an issue of foul play. But because it was reported as a missing person, the authorities, they don't, they, they're not as aggressive Right. Down here, mm-hmm. the missing persons case per se. It's not that they don't do anything, but their focus is only that. If it's reported as a missing person, that's how they try to search for the person. They they believe that the person is alive, and that there is no foul play, and they'll 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 base everything on that. Um, to the point when uh, we were gained we were given access to his apartment uh, here in Panama City, we we noticed that there was. Uh, a broken wine bottle. Um, there was a note that was supposedly written by him, but in a woman's handwriting and in very poor English. Um, there was a, a stain on the couch that didn't look like a wine stain or, 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 or any other uh, beverage. And, you know, just, just looking at it, it looked like um, it was blood and it looked like somebody had cleaned it up. Hmm. So we started pushing the authorities, and, and keep in mind that the, the Panamanian authorities um, have fantastic investigators. Um, once they know of a homicide or a kidnapping or anything, um, those cases are resolved. I mean, it's it's really unlikely that somebody's going to get get away with something down here. It's a small country; everybody knows everybody. There's still a lot of people from the from the old defense force, so there's a lot of good sources out there, but. Because the focus was completely different, uh, nobody did anything at the beginning. The case was. Don't you think, Brent? Don't you think that's true, though, with missing adults? Usually, no matter what the jurisdiction. Well, it it could, but this this has been taking. It took months, and it actually finally took us to hire a lawyer to put in a formal request for them to please do a test of the cushions of the couch. Well. Because it, they were still on the mindset that this is just a missing person, even though he's missing, his vehicle's missing, um, there's a possible blood stain on the couch, there's obviously tampering. The note said something along the lines of, like I say, in somebody else's hand, uh, it, supposedly his handwriting, but it was somebody else, said, um, 
I'm going to be going to Bocas del Toro, which is a province. It's a series of islands in Panama. Uh, I'll be I'll be gone for a while or a couple of weeks. I don't have it verbatim, but and it's, it was kind of ridiculous because he was always in contact with somebody. He always, you know, everybody kind of always knew where he was or, or what he was doing or somebody within his group. And this was the only case that nobody knew what he was really doing, and he was sneaking away to Bocas del Toro, and it just it just didn't make any sense. And how old a man is Bob? Uh, Bob is, oh, good question. He's um, in his late 60s. Mm-hmm. And, and he actually, did he live full-time in, in Panama? He was living in Panama. Um, as a matter of fact, um, when we started the case, I didn't even know that I knew him, but we would, it was a small group of ours that would always meet at uh, the same place to watch American football because it was one of the only places you can actually go and, and watch it and, and be catered to. So it was, uh, so yeah, he was, he was here. He was a part of the community um, and uh, just living life and investing his money. And I, oh, I read someplace that the last time he was seen, he was working on his boat and he, a couple of guys he knew stopped and talked to him. Well, that's, yeah, once again, it's, um, that, that's one variation. However, it's, after that, um, he had definitely come back to his apartment. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he had made some purchases in Panama City. He had, there were witnesses that also said, but they were uncertain, that they thought that they saw him and his vehicle at the apartment. And then um, he had two roommates, and these two roommates were saying things that made absolutely no sense. One was saying that, oh, I got a call from him. Uh, he said that uh, that he's going to be gone for a week and not to worry. And But a review of his phone record shows no communication whatsoever with, uh, with him uh, or from his cell phone or for any number at the time that he was supposedly called. Um, there's that. Both of the roommates left Panama nearly immediately within the, within the month. Really? Yeah. So it... it we're focusing personally on a, on a private basis. We're looking at foul play um, within his circle of friends at his apartment, and um, and it hasn't been until recently that uh, the, the court system has also starting to put their focus on that. So, were th- were these two people from Panama or were they from another country? Um, one of them is Jamaican, and the other one, I believe, is Canadian. Okay. Yeah. Nobody knows what happened to them. Well, you know, and that's the thing. They've they've been in contact. They've um, they they keep on writing uh, the family saying that you know we 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 would love to help. We want to be a part of this, and um, but it it just a lot of it isn't really doesn't make uh, sense, huh? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, and it, and they're really not helping. They're not coming in. Um, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, another one of the people that was actually the one who put in the report as a missing person. Um, we've been asking him. We found out that he has one of Bob's computers. And hmm. we asked him, hey, you know, it would be a really good idea for the, um, for, for the authorities to have that computer. And his response was, well, you're going to have to come and get it because I'm not going to give it to you. Okay, hang on to that, Brad. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hang on.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I'm speaking with Brett Mickelson. He's from Panama. He's a private investigator there. And he's telling us about this strange case of the missing person of Bob Ehlert. Uh, and you were just saying that the the roommate had his computer and said, if you want it, you're going to have to come and get it. So what was the reaction to that? It wasn't actually the roommate. It was another friend. Oh, another friend. Sorry. One of the two roommates have left Panama. But um, uh, that was Dino. Dino um, has been a person who... Even from the beginning, um, it's been a little bit complicated dealing with him. He, he also says that, oh, I'm more than willing to help with this. I had asked him uh, from the very beginning, I said, well, let's do this. Do me a favor, get me a full copy of the entire uh, police file, because seeing as I'm not a family member, the family was in the U.S., and they could have gotten it, but they need a, a representative to do it. And Dino is the one who originally put the, uh, uh, put the report in with the police. And he says, yeah, sure, I'll get it to you. And, and that was something that just took forever and ever and ever. And finally, it was, I, I knocked on his door and we said, Dino, you know, let go now, let's get it. I mean, I'm, it's been a week now. Well, what do you really want that for? 
And well, hmm. we, I mean, it's kind of silly to ask the question. I mean, we're, we're here assisting in the investigation, and, and we need that. I need to see everything that they've done. The last thing I want to do is um, tromp on uh, on their turf and, and you know, ruin something that they're working toward. Uh, and I'd like to work together with them. And he says, yeah, he says, but do you really need that file to be able to do that? And it just, the whole thing was funny. We ended up getting the file. Um, once again, we, we, we had a, another lawyer go in um, through representation, and we finally got the whole file from him. It was Without that, uh, we wouldn't have known so many other things that the, that the authorities have been working on. And, and it was just, it was, it was just weird. Um, and, and to me, um, anything that, that doesn't make any sense is... is right, exactly. Doesn't fit. And did, did, did Dino have any explanation why he didn't think the computer was important? That sounds like a pretty important piece of evidence. Well, with the computer anyways, the simple fact that he had it for such a long time, uh, makes me think that he, he either used it or he's, you know, he I don't know, stole it or I don't know. And like I said, I don't want to start accusing at this point because this is this mm. is really fresh. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something where um, I, I just from the very beginning, like I said, not just the computer, not just the the, the file, just the, the questions that he's asked, been very standoffish, and you know that's coming from the person who was quote unquote concerned enough to put in the, 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 the report in the first place. Exactly, exactly. And, and was this a very good friend of Bob's? They were close. Um, this is a person that, uh, I mean, they, they would drink together, they would go out together, so they know each other. Mm. And once again, it's, um, uh, it's somebody that I think um, could have possibly been there the night that he disappeared. So that, to me, was... Uh, certainly significant, yeah. Yeah, certainly significant. And once again, this is all uh, theory at this point. Um, and, but every time we go to try to prove the theory, we don't necessarily disprove it either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did law enforcement ever interview him? You know, law enforcement has has spoken to him, but it's gone to what they call an indagatoria, which is a, a more serious questioning of events. Uh, they've really taken a statement and... And uh, if there's, you know, if they've had any question, they they just call and ask, and but nothing, nothing formal. Mm, okay. Um, the other thing with uh, with that is, uh, you know, this this of course happened last to June, and we're coming up almost to uh, a full year from then. Right. Um, mm. And they're just now getting to uh, interview a couple of maids that that were a part of this case, people that we've already spoken to, you know, months ago, last year. And, and one, you did get the computer back, though. Uh, well, that, once again, it, that happened just yesterday, and we have not Just that. yesterday? That, that's, we, My we, goodness. We, we had no, I had no idea that, we had, that he had it. Um, his, the, the FBI has also been working on the case, and the information that we got is that the FBI had actually uh, done forensics on the computer and taken away. And this is something that we were shocked to know that he had either the computer or a computer. So we're, we're trying to resolve that right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the family, uh, Bob's family, flew out. Correct? Correct. And did you, were you able to meet with them and, and talk to them, and were they able to help in any way, or any way at all? There's, there's several family members involved. Um, one of them is, is the daughter, Marie. Um, I have not met with her. I, I met with um, a son and another relative. 
but uh, I did not have the opportunity to actually speak with her in person. We've, we've communicated all the time, and she's actually the front runner uh, on this. But she's been, um, she's been, of course, extremely helpful with with what she knows and what she can do. And uh, but uh, but really, it's 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 been more of a. A lot of times, clients. I don't want to say if they, they, they watch too much TV or, or <laughs> like to go off on these tangents that, that break away a little bit from, from the most obvious. Like I say, right now, um, my most obvious thing is you've got two people that lived with him that bolted, you know, in July, the month after that he was, he came up missing. Um, the, the vehicles missing, the, the, the blood stain on the couch, There's just so many things that are right there. But she's kind of wanting to go out and, and see other things that I don't know are are immediately important. I think to resolve these issues with law enforcement first, mm-hmm. and with the you know, with, um, with the fiscalia, which is the uh, uh, the attorney general's office, um, the uh, the courts, and 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 get them to get it. You know, turn this into a. But I think they're finally doing it now. I think they are looking this as more of a. Not so much a missing person versus an actual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, did was it determined that the stain on the couch was blood? Yes, and um, I I haven't seen the file in about a week, but uh, my understanding is it just came out that they also confirmed that it was his. And it was his. Okay. So was that through DNA or or something else? The blood type. Um, blood type. Um, and let's see, it was blood type and the. They were doing the DNA test. The thing is, the DNA test um, isn't done in Panama. It's done in the United States, and that takes forever to get the results. Really? Back to proper chain of custody, yeah. That's amazing. So that would be through the FBI then, I guess? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And then what has been done to find the two roommates? Well, everybody knows where, they're at, where they are. It's not so much finding them. It's finding, um, getting enough uh, evidence against them, per se, to get them to have to come to court, um, put them on trial. But right now, we're, we're far from that. Um, okay. The, the thing is that we are still in contact with them, and, and they are, per se, available. So. What if they heard this radio show, Brett? Well, you know, I, I think they, we've already made it very clear that, um, that we are more focused on them than anything else. Um, I So they know that already. They know that already. Yeah. And and, and they, their responses have been, oh it's it's ludicrous, he was a good friend, you know, we would never do that. Um, once again then, you know, why aren't they here? Why aren't they um, you know why didn't they help the search? Which is one of the main things. Um, for they, sure. They didn't, they didn't even look for him. They they're, they're, these are people that, that worked with him, worked for him, um, were, were constantly uh, involved with, uh, with his boat, with his, his social life, hmm. and then hmm. gone. And what about the car? What's been done to find the car? Um, you know, that car was, as the authorities have said, been swallowed by the earth. Um, we personally did a search all between Panama all the way to Bocas del Toro. We've done a search all the way to... Costa Rican border. We did a search between here and Cologne, where the boat was located at. Mm-hmm. The, um, there's uh, certain certain spots between, even between Cologne and Shelter Bay, where the boat was actually located at uh, the marina where the boat was at. That 
you could possibly do away with a vehicle. So we, we, we looked just about everywhere we could think of uh, during the entire way. The, um, the authorities have, I guess, um, uh, uh, they have what they call down here Pele Police, which is a it's a integrated system um, that brings in all civil, criminal, uh, and related cases or reports all together into one database. Hmm. Um, it's something hmm. really new for Panama, and it, it, it's been very, very successful so far. What would that um, be? Com- I'm sorry. What would that be comparable to in the United States? Um, Homeland Security. I know that went not not that far, but it's basically it's just everything that's located, uh, every database that it, that that in, that law enforcement is involved with um, has been in, integrated into one thing. So and, be. Uh, so would it be like National Crime Information Center? It could be, but, you know, definitely um, NCIB is fantastic and humongous, and Panama yeah. is really small. So I, I, it's hard to right. make any comparison. <laughs> True. Whatsoever. Um, but one of the good things is a, a police officer on a corner can see a license plate, put the license plate into his cell phone, which will call into the database and get a result as if to, as if there's anything, if the vehicle's wanted or anything like that. So there's... It is a very um, interactive uh, system that, that just your common police officer on the corner can, can okay. work okay. into. Yeah, it sounds pretty yeah. advanced. We need to take another quick break. Brett, I'm here with Brett Mickelson from, the, from Panama, my guest, and he's talking about the missing persons, mysterious missing persons case of Bob Ear. Be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. News, opinion, passion. Can you hear me? Hear me. 
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I'm here with Brett Michelson. I just was corrected. I'm mispronouncing his name, so welcome him back, private investigator from Panama. We've been talking about a missing person case there. So, Brett, where would you say um, that case is right now? What's your next step? Well, right now it's, um, it's taking everything that we know and that we've investigated and getting the, the uh, law enforcement to replicate it, um, to make it official, and for them to start looking at you know, uh, you know, coming up with their own conclusions as to how to proceed. And like I say, right now, months ago, we would have uh, made an attempt to call the roommates back. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I say, it's, it's been dragging on because of how it was reported. Now, Brad, have you Brad, had, had other similar missing persons cases or missing persons cases in Panama at all? Um, too many people are coming up missing. Really? Um, and there's been a lot of cases down here. More recently, it's been uh, towards the, the tourism. Now, truth being told, there's been a, a boost in tourism. So, you know, th- this is going to happen. Um, there's been uh, a couple of cases, a, a Canadian in in, um, in Coronado, uh, another Canadian uh, gentleman, older gentleman, um, by the last name of Ferncrantz, who came up missing out of Bocas del Toro, went out walking one day and just, just didn't come back. And, and it, he was on an island which is, hmm. you know, we're talking about Iceland big. We're, we're talking a very small island that um, you could probably, it would probably take you a full day, but you could walk around the island. I see. Yeah. And, and it was uh, a very sad case. It was um, one, of the, one of the biggest cases that we've had um, just because of the, the emotion brought into it. Um, we, we got to the point of actually bringing... Uh, cadaver dogs down to Panama, and, and that uh, that to me was one of the one of the more important cases we've done, just because of how involved the family was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one brother and two sisters, uh, very dedicated to a very loving father. Um, a year prior, their mother, his, his uh, Mr. Fernandez's wife, uh, passed away uh, after battling cancer. So he was actually asked by another relative to come to Panama and relax and take your mind off things and you know and he was he didn't want to uh, but he didn't want to because Panama was a bad place he didn't want to because he loved his life he was, he was with his kids all the time he was with his grandkids um, uh, like I say a really a really good man and a uh, very very kind person he would, he would say hello to just anybody off the street type of person mm-hmm. after being down here uh, for a short spell he only had a few more days where he was going to be returning and he would go out every day he would walk he would go down to a, a local bakery and find some great bread. He would go and bring back a bottle of wine for, uh, for the friends he was staying with. But um, one day he decided he was going to get up. Uh, they, had a, they had a dinner the day before, 
um, got up early like you would every morning, took off walking, and uh, and didn't come back. So that's uh, that that's been a, a huge puzzle so far. And that, and you have not resolved it at all. The um the the case pretty much led us to interviewing any number of people. Um, the good thing on that case is that uh, we were able to get contact with people fresh. Um, it, what a few months after, mm-hmm. uh, people start start to forget, or they think they've seen this or that, or um, or they get into the point where they, they just want to be a part of the case, so they get statements right. that are not accurate. You know, right? Um, people that uh, that I believe were were giving true information and were trying to assist uh, sincerely. Um, we got a, a enough uh, information which led me to believe that he had walked up to the north side of the island and there was one person that last saw him and and it was at the beginning it was a little bit uncertain as to whether or not he really saw him just because of how far it was. He would have had to walk four hours by that time hmm. under a very hot sun um, and it just didn't seem credible. What, what brought it to, what made me think it was credible is the simple fact that the, the statement from this person was I was in my hut, okay, and I heard something outside, something, somebody walking, and I looked out my, my window and I saw this older gentleman about this height, gray hair. I left my hut and I, and I looked up, and then I, as I did, he turned around and I saw his face. It was hmm. a little distant hmm. away, but I thought, so his version became a little bit more clear and a little right. bit more credible. Right. The number one reason it makes it credible is this is a very isolated part of the island. Nobody just walked by. Um, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, four wheelers don't go up that way because there's a there's a stream that that they can't cross that you can cross on foot, but nobody's going to get up to there and then cross over and continue walking. Um, that and the fact that uh, he was talking about an older gentleman, uh, possibly in the 70s or 80s, and it was everything that that led me to believe that this is credible information. This is the person. Sure. So the problem is the family didn't believe it. Um, they didn't believe it because they didn't think it was possible for him to walk so far. Um, he was in good shape for, for a man of his age. As a matter of fact, he was very proud of the fact that he was in such good shape. And he had a clean bill of health from his doctors. And so I, I looked at it as being very, very possible that he was up that way. Uh, when we brought the cadaver dogs down, um, sadly enough, it, it, it actually broke ties uh, because of a, of a conflict of, of, infor- of, of focus. Um, the, the, the dog handlers believed that uh, it was also impossible for him to go up that far, so they wanted to search closer to the hotel, along the beach areas, and really it got to nothing. Um, I personally believe that if we would have done a proper search up in the north end, we would have, we would have gotten in as well. But, uh, so what's your theory, Brett? I think that um, he fell ill, um, became uh, disoriented, mm-hmm. and under the pressure of the hot sun, no water, uh, he passed away. On his own, I don't think it's foul play. I think it was just he fell off. It's a very thick jungle area. Oh wow! There have been people that have gotten lost up there, and they were found years after in a sitting position under a tree. I see. And so it's it's uh, it, it is what it is. Oh, that's one. You said there was another one. Well, you had another case of uh, of a missing person, and in, 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 keep in mind these. Because these are missing persons, they don't get investigated as 
properly as they should. Uh, another gentleman in uh, in the in the beach area, Coronado, and I can't use his name. I've asked for permission and can't use his name. But mm -hmm. uh, in this case in particular, um, he came up missing. Um, we believe that it was a kidnapping, actually, because he would he was very boastful about uh, the type of money that he has and all the land and all the mm -hmm. property, all the businesses and the stuff that he's doing. He flash cash and he was. Hanging with the wrong people um, in general. He was found. Um, he was found after a few months, but he was uh, he was found murdered. Um, yes. The interesting, interesting thing about this is that if, if law enforcement would have been, uh, would have not looked at this as just a missing persons case and would have looked at it as a possible uh, person in distress, I think we would have had uh, better luck. One of the first things that we did is we noted that he had two passes to enter this gated community, and one of them was missing. Um, because of the contact that I have with that particular community, I know the owner of the, of the beachfront and everything, I, I spoke to them. They gained us access to, to see exactly what, um, uh, what type of movement had been used with that missing, missing pass. Uh, we noted that it had been used up very recently, uh, weeks after he came up missing, that pass was still being used by somebody. Okay. So uh, we passed this on to law enforcement, and once again, they said, well, we're not looking for a person's vehicle pass, we're looking for a person. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it can be frustrating, um, and, and I will repeat what I said at the very beginning, Panama has some of the best investigators, and it, the problem is focus and direction from above. Uh, mm -hmm. they from the prosecutors, and the prosecutors are, you know, they're not investigators. Uh, a lot of times they're lawyers, and, I, and I've got nothing against lawyers, believe you me, but at the same time, it, it, you need somebody that knows a little bit about investigations to get the proper direction. So are you typically hired by the family? It's almost always uh, hired by the family. Uh -huh. um, we actually got a workload of about four, pe four missing people, persons, cases, simultaneously, and we were... Um, Request uh, the attorney general requested our, our assistance into creating a task force, um, and we did so, uh, which was very successful. The only problem was is they were also hung up on just looking at the cold cases and not the new missing mm -hmm. persons mm -hmm. cases. Were coming. So it's, it's, there's a lot to be worked on there, but we're um, or we're, we're looking it over. Missing persons mm -hmm. cases are so difficult, and they're so emotional. Especially, and, uh, yeah. we've, we've, we've done these cases um, all throughout Central South America, um, not just Panama. Um, we had one in, in Costa Rica where everything indicated to me that the person drowned after a night of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. and, um, the last person that saw him alive said, no, he went off into the ocean and he was playing off the rocks and I went home. You know, pretty much oh, left crazy. Him. And... and, and we, we did end up finding him as well, but we found him. He, he, had, uh, he had a laceration on his, uh, on his forehead, and, and the, the final autopsy said that he drowned. So it was, uh, we found him way, way down the beach. And did you th do you think he fell, or do you think it was murder? I, I think he fell. I mean, the, 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 last, the, the, the hit to the head looked like he dove head first into some rocks, is what it looked like. Mm -hmm. and, and the currents and everything showed that the, where the person pointed him to, you know, uh, where they last saw him at, made, in all the sense in the world, the currents would have taken him downstream and, 
and deposited his body where it was. So. I just can't imagine working for missing persons cases simultaneously. <laughs> no, you know, and I actually had to um, uh, drop one of the cases, and it was just because I, I you can't focus on four. It's it's. And I think that's also part of the problem with with, uh, with law enforcement. We actually started to become a law enforcement mini department, whereas we're overtasked, and you can't you can't do that many cases simultaneously. Mm. Um, we, yeah, focusing on on two of the cases. One was uh, uh, Mr. Fernkrantz, and the other was the uh, the, uh, the case in Costa Rica. Those were the only two that we worked on. Were you capped? Yeah. We need, yeah. And Brett, we need to, I need to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Uh, we need to take another quick break. We'll be right back and with Brett Michelson. Ask the experts. Call toll free right now 1 866 472 5787. And ask our all star team to answer your question. That's 1 866 472 5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I'm here with Brett Michelson from Panama City, Panama. We're talking about missing persons cases and the cases he's worked on. And I'm wondering, Brad, 
missing persons cases are just so terribly emotional. You're working with family members who are, who are typically distraught. The law enforcement has refused to take the case typically because uh, they don't have the resources to really search, particularly for a missing adult. And what kind of advice would you have to give to maybe another private investigator that would be working on a case like this? You know, um, um, I know there's a lot of people that would never even think to get involved in uh, ambulance chasing is, you know, what we tend to call it. Um, but if you're an investigator in a specific area and there's and somebody comes up missing within your area, don't don't feel bad about contacting the family and telling them, look, I'm available and I'm available right now, you know, and if you need any help, please contact us. What you're doing actually is you're really helping the family. You're, it, it, don't worry about, you know, well, gee, you know, what are they going to think about me? They're thinking I'm chasing them down. I don't want them to feel bad. And really what ends up happening is a lot of cases, especially if you're the only PI in that area, um, they're going to contact you anyway, anyways if things don't go the way they, they hope they go, you know. and. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they won't contact you until three months after when, uh, you know, the video that you could have gotten is, uh, is, is no longer available or, or anything else for that matter. So it's, it's, it's a good idea to make that contact. Um, also, you know, stick to it. If you're going to really do a missing persons case, um, you, you just do away with all your other cases farm them out to somebody else if you have to, hire somebody on to assist you into in, in taking care of those because you really need to dedicate uh, a good amount of time to those cases. That's for sure. I mean, really, you know, it boils down to you feel like you're, if you're not working every single minute of every single day, 24-7, something's going to be lost. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and being on top of law enforcement because... Once again, you know, there are great investigators out there, but they're overworked as well. And this is not the only case that they're working on that's a missing person mm-hmm. or a homicide. Or depending on how they've, uh, they've tagged it, you know, they may look at it as not as important as this other case. Of course, if it's a missing child, we've, we've, we've been involved in missing children cases as well. Uh, it's a totally different story. Law enforcement is all over it. But if it's, a, if it's an adult, they usually think, oh, they went on a binge or they, they right. just left you temporarily or whatever. So... Um, as to um, travelers, actually, hopefully somebody who's traveling will, will listen to this. Make sure that somebody knows where you are all the time. The number one factor in every single missing person's case is that they're either alone or they're with the wrong person. That's and, good advice. And you, you need to make sure that you know, and, and, and it's every single case is like that. It's very seldom that you get kidnapped in front of 100 people. You know, mm-hmm. or it's going to be that 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 world traveler that went to Nicaragua and the last time we heard from them was three days ago when they sent me a message saying they're going to go surfing on the beach. Right, and that's it. Yeah. You know, and so it's uh, it's very important to keep uh, keep in contact with somebody that you trust. That's very good advice. And and what advice would you have for a family member who has a missing person? Um, the same thing. Uh, you don't have to hire a private investigator day one. Um, you make sure that the that law enforcement is actively involved in this. Um, if you do have access, and I'm talking third world nation, U.S. is totally different, but um, it, it, it is different down here. The focus is different. Um, definitely have somebody um, to consult with, okay? 
because if you don't know that country, if you have no idea how things work and you're getting information that's been translated to you through a third party, sometimes the, the, you know, it's, there's a loss in translation or, or, you know, the typical thing is, well, we wouldn't do that in the United States. Why are you doing this? And, right. And it's really important to have somebody um, on the ground who knows the area that can definitely be there to help you. What about human trafficking? Are you having issues with that in Panama? You know, um, that was one of the things. There's, there's uh, a couple of uh, missing girls from Holland who they just came up missing 19 days ago up into an area called Boquete. Um, their case, I think, is a little bit different. But there's rumors that have been going out saying they were kidnapped and their organs were taken from them. And, you know, I, I haven't seen those cases in Panama. Um, I don't believe that to be the case. Uh, we have seen uh, cases where children have been taken. Um, for, when it comes to adults, yeah, for for possible trafficking, and right. once again, I say possible because these are cases where the children were taken and they were probably taken outside of the outside of Panama, and they just you know they never they were never found again. So it's it's difficult to say yes, that was a case that was related to human trafficking, or this was a you know a removal of organs case or whatever, um, uh, because the per- the body never came up. Um, in the case of these two girls, they went hiking into a national park, which has a humongous crater that people have gotten lost in before. As a matter of fact, people actually get lost there um, almost on a every every two months. Okay, but because of the reaction teams that are that are in the area, they usually recover the people within two days, um, and they, they find them alive because they've they've gone off the path. They've They've, they've stumbled and they've fallen down somewhere. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, there was an, an elderly Japanese gentleman who uh, was gone for three days and they found him alive. You know, and it's, so it's, it's proof that they are looking and they are doing their job. But, you know, not even uh, the best authorities can, can find everybody. So, And how about parental abductions? Parental abduction is huge. Um, Panama is not a safe haven for this um, because of the Hague uh, Treaty and the way Panama handles those cases. Um, as long as the, the parents get a lawyer immediately and initiate um, the, the, the legal process through the Hague, um, they will get their child back, period. Could you? Um, especially, would you would, I'm uh, sorry, Brett. Would you mind explaining the Hague Treaty for, for listeners that might not know what that is? Well, the Hague Treaty was, uh, well, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so yeah. it's not, uh, not my forte. <laughs> the but, PI version. Um, yeah, the PI version is basically it's a, it's a treaty that was brought up amongst certain countries um, to facilitate um, the, the legal um, uh, scenario, okay? Um, in, that, in the case of missing uh, ch- or children that have been, been you know, parental abductions, um, if, you know, a, a, a Panamanian mother uh, living in the U.S. with with the, with, the, with the husband and the child decides she's going to take off to Panama, for example, comes to Panama, brings the child and says, I'm not going back anymore. Well, what the Hague will do is they'll, they'll, they'll be neutral and say, well, we can't really go full Panama. We can't go full U.S. We have to see what's right for the child. Mm-hmm. And they'll come up and they will, they will actually, um, uh, through the local ministry of external relations here in Panama, um, they'll mitigate. And as long as you go through the legal uh, uh, process, which is you need to get a lawyer who knows about family law, um, you'll, uh, they'll take it through the system, and there'll be a judgment that's made that's mm-hmm. not appealable. And the good thing is, is although I'm pretty sure there may have been some, some uh, 
cases that didn't go the way they should have. The majority of the cases um, always, you know, look after the child, and if you do it quickly enough, the, the child will be repatriated. We've actually done several uh, child repatriations. We did one, as a matter of fact. I don't know how much time we have, but... We're almost out of one, time, Brad. <laughs> We're almost out of time, actually. Go ahead. 20 seconds real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, one child, Nicholas Orna, we recovered him uh, like 15 years ago, and we just took him fishing last year. Um, okay. So that was... Wow. Uh, that was That's a, great. A, a, we, we, we found him, we recovered him, sent him back, and that was great to... Have Nicholas back and back with us again. So great. Well, let me just say for our listeners, I, we're doing a, something unusual today. I am actually broadcasting from the Voice America studio in Phoenix, Arizona, and I just want to publicly thank uh, my wonderful producer Sandra Rogers and Brian Treasure and Brandy Jackson and the staff in the engineer room, Keith and Brad and all the guys in there. So. Uh, for those of you who are listening, tune in again to PIC Classified. We provide content about private investigators and the work they do. Tune in. Thank you. PIC Classified. We're having a great time. Bye. You've been listening to PIC Classified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.